BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hey everyone, how is it going? Welcome along to the Chronicles of Aguna Live. Hope you're all good. Hope you're all well. Hope you're all dealing with the snow uh, that has uh, come across uh, London. I don't know where you're based. Let me know. But here in North London, the snow is about that thick, honestly. I put my trainer into it as I was walking out of the house and down back towards the man cave and I nearly sunk. I couldn't believe how far up my leg it came Uh, just to see how deep it was in the garden really surprised me. I haven't even attempted to get the car off of the driveway yet, but it doesn't look good because there is a slight slant on it. Um, All my trains were cancelled this morning, which has set me back in terms of work today. Not ideal, but here we are. Uh, bringing you another live edition of the podcast, live from the man cave, having battled through the snow. Uh, sorry to have kept some of you guys waiting in the live chat. I did make myself a nice warm drink to bring with me down here because it is really, really cold. Um, and I was having to navigate my way through the garden really, really carefully so as not to slip over and A, land face down in the snow, but B, also make sure that I didn't spill my drink all over the place as well. Um, I hope you're all good. As I say, let's say a few uh, hellos in the chat. We've got lots and lots to get into today. We're going to be talking Mikhailo Mudrik. We'll be talking João Felix. We'll be talking Mateus Cunha. Uh, and we'll be uh, reacting to some of you guys' thoughts and questions as well in the live chat box. If I could ask very, very kindly, if you please uh, would leave a like on the video. It does really, really help. I promise you, you will like the video by the time we get to the end of it. So uh, trust me, hit the like button in advance. That would be nice. Also, subscribe to the channel if you're new. We're a couple of hundred away from hitting that 25,000 milestone, which we're desperately trying to get to. Um, I want to apologize in advance if you can hear any hammering or any machinery just faintly in the background. My next door neighbors are having some building work done. And credit to the guy, he's turned up even in this weather. Fair play to him um, because uh, you wouldn't catch me outside uh, doing any of that in these conditions. So uh, yeah, hats off to the lad. Um, but yeah, if you do hear anything, 
I know about it. Uh, okay. Uh, Neil says, uh, morning all. It's just started snowing here. Oh, mate. When I was driving home last night at about 9 p.m., I couldn't even see where I was going. I couldn't see the lanes on the road. It was it was terrible. It really, really was. Uh, let's say hello to Temi, to Matt, uh, to Alex, who says um, his car didn't start yesterday and he had to bridge uh, the battery, even though he'd driven the car just 45 minutes earlier. Yeah, the conditions are mad, aren't they? Uh, Razor is with us. Jid is with us. Uh, NASA is with us. Uh, Tailwood Studio. George says it's kind of hot in Cyprus. Oh, mate, what I'd give to be in Cyprus right now uh, in the sun. Jeez. Uh, let's see what everybody else is saying. Uh, Stephen Andrews says, I've got a fan blowing cold air at me at work. You're not in the UK, though, are you? Surely. <laughs> Raphael says, hello, Harry. Trust you well. Looking forward to another good show from Singapore. Good to have you, mate. Um, Harvey says it's minus 17 degrees in the north of Sweden. That makes me feel bad for complaining. Wandering Minstrel is with us. Uh, Justin is with us. Amira is with us. Uh, lots and lots of people joining us. I won't go through everyone or we'll be here all day, but we've got Anton, we've got Edison, we've got Mint, we've got um, Fort Lauderdale, Guna Craig, uh, Steve, uh, Peter, Aha Solomon and Alex are with us as well. Okay, let's get into it. Let's talk Arsenal. Um, let's talk the latest rumours. Let's talk the latest reports um some of you wondering why we spend so long talking about other stuff at the beginning it gives people a chance to join as well it's not that bad um i can't help it i've been starved of company today so i wanted to talk to you guys but anyway let's get into uh the latest arsenal news there are reports and rumors linking the club with a number of players now and these all come from david ornstein's column in the athletic now we've been talking for a little while now about the reported interest in mikhailo mudrik i've said to you uh, on a number of occasions that although Shakhtar Donetsk have gone very, very big in their public valuation of the player, that this is a deal that Arsenal feel and that others feel can be done at a much lower price. So to read this from David Ornstein uh, this morning gave me uh, encouragement that what I'd been saying was was true and, and gives me encouragement that I'm thinking along the right lines here when giving my assessment of this situation because it does seem as though Arsenal could, uh, in fact, land the player for significantly less than what Shakhtar have been publicly asking for. So, uh, David Ornstein uh, said this. He said, the Premier League paused for six weeks to make room for this Winter World Cup with Arsenal top of the table, leaving many keen to discover if the January window will be used to help maintain what is an unexpected title bid. Uh, Arsenal are prepared to do so, he says, if the opportunity arises that the club deem right for the long term with the Cronky family, their American owners wanting to back the now sporting director Edu and manager Mikel Arteta. This is the interesting part. Their priority is Shakhtar Donetsk winger Mikhailo Mudrik and sources with knowledge of the matter think there is a good chance it will happen, though nothing is agreed at present. Shakhtar have stated their value for the highly coveted Ukrainian international as 100 million euros, but interested parties are of the understanding that a lower fee would be deemed acceptable. England has said, uh, Arsenal, almost England, Arsenal are expected to be among the clubs in touch with both Shakhtar and Madrid's representatives, with the 21-year-old uh, known to be focused on moving to the Premier League and is determined to make Emirates Stadium his destination. Now, Brentford, to give you an indication of how much lower 
uh, Shakhtar are probably willing to go, had a deal in place uh, with Shakhtar last summer, and that was at 25 million euros. Now, of course, his stock has risen since, um, and it will ultimately come down to whether the two clubs can find a price. But this is something that could well happen in January, based on what David Ornstein is telling us. This is something that Arsenal could move to do in order to bolster their options in the here and now, you know, bring another attacker, bring another forward to the club that can help us cope with the absence of Gabby Jesus, but also someone that will be part of the plan moving forward and would be a signing that, you know, really does fit into the overall plan. And and that's something that we've seen from Arsenal of late. And it's, it's something that's encouraging to me as a supporter to know that the club have a plan, to know that there are players out there that they've been watching for a while. And as a consequence of all that studying and all of that, assessment and they've decided that yeah you know what this guy is worth a punt that's good isn't it you know you're not going to get every single transfer right but just to see there is a plan gives me a lot of encouragement so Mikhailo Mudrik according to David Ornstein of The Athletic is the number one target for Arsenal going into this transfer window and hopefully a deal can be done now I'm not saying that we're going to get him at 25 million euros which was the fee that had been agreed with Brentford over the summer um you know, that that fee was agreed between the two clubs. The deal was in place. But obviously, Mikhailo Mudrik decided against going to Brentford and Brentford couldn't persuade him or convince him that this was the place for him. Understandably, he's looking at bigger and better uh, with all due respect to Brentford. So, yeah, um, I think that this is a deal that you can do for 40 million. I really do. I think 40 million pounds, you get Mikhailo Mudrik. And I've been saying this all along and people have been calling me crazy. I've also been saying something very similar with regards to João Felix. And people tell me, yeah, but you know what? It's Atletico Madrid. They don't need the money as much as Shakhtar Donetsk. They paid an awful lot of money for him. But the point I've been making for days and, and the point that keeps getting shot down for some reason is that actually when it comes to these clubs and when it comes to these players, take what they say in the public domain with regards to valuations and prices with a pinch of salt. You really do need to do that because... As you can see here, I think this is one that Arsenal are very confident of doing for a much lower price. And if he comes to the club and he's a success and he's a hit, then people might be looking at this deal, you know, in the future and saying £40 million, £45 million, whatever it might be. What a steal. What a result. Brilliant business from Arsenal. Excellent work. If it goes wrong, if it doesn't work out the way we want it to, if Mikhailo Mudrik isn't the success in the Premier League that maybe you or I want him to be, is that the end of the world? You know, will people look at 40 million as a fee that, you know, requires a lot of scrutiny? Will it be like the Nicolas Pepe situation again? No, it won't be because it's, it's completely different. You know, it's it, 72 million on Nicolas Pepe was always asking for pressure, wasn't it? And you'd argue that, OK, Nicolas Pepe had done it in the French League and, and it was different. But Arsenal obviously feel very confident in Mikhailo Madrid. But as I said to you again the other day, a fee of 35, 40, 45, maybe even 50 million nowadays in modern football at the highest level is it's, it's almost negligible, isn't it? If it goes right, great. It's a steal. It's a bargain. If it goes wrong, it's not the type of fee that hamstrings you from future business and prevents you moving forward in the coming window. So, yeah, let's see how it goes. I think he'd be a good fit. Uh, obviously, he's played predominantly from the left hand side in his career to date. And I think that. You know, he'd be coming in as someone who could play anywhere across the front line. We heard Ben Jacobs of CBS say just the other day that 
Mikel Arteta's intention with Mikhailo Mudrik is to mould him into someone who can play in a multitude of positions as opposed to, um, you know, him being a left winger and just a left winger. You know, Arsenal see him as more than that. Arsenal see him as someone that can play from the right. Arsenal see him as someone that can play through the middle as well. So he feels like a very, very good option. But let's uh, let's obviously see how this one goes and how this one develops. Uh, we'll continue through David Ornstein's column because there's lots of Arsenal-related talking points in there uh, that we want to get across uh, on this edition of the podcast. Uh, please do, as I say, leave a like on the video. There's nearly 300 of you with us live already. And we've only got 67 likes on the board. Let's try and get up to 150. A-S-A-P. Okay, let's take it on. Let's continue through. David Ornstein's column, he talks about uh, Sofiane uh, Amrabat, who, of course, has been incredibly impressive at the World Cup with Morocco. He says that Spurs are one of the clubs that are interested. Yunus Moussa as well, obviously a former uh, Arsenal Academy player. Uh, he spent seven years in the Gunners Academy, but then, of course, made the move away. Currently plays his football for Valencia in Spain. It's thought that Valencia would accept an offer of around about £20 million. Uh, for him. So if anybody goes north of that, I think they stand a decent chance of getting him. Showed a, uh, you know, he showed his level at the World Cup. He showed himself to be a really talented young player. Still got some areas in which he needs to develop. I don't think there's any question about that. But, you know, for for that sort of money, I think he's worth a gamble too. Don't think that Arsenal would do it. I don't think that Arsenal will sign three or four players in January like some fans want. I'd be surprised if we got any more than two, I think that's probably our maximum. And you know what? To a point, to a degree, I'd rather we sign two, but two very good ones. Two that we believe are going to go on and take us to the next level. Two that are going to be good additions to the squad. And as I've said, would form a part of uh, the plan moving forward, as opposed to just going out and signing a couple of players to try and plug holes um, and, and panicking off the back of Gabby Jesus's injury. OK, let's take it on to Joao Felix, um, a player that I've talked a lot about recently in Atletico Madrid Chief Executive Miguel Angel Gilmarin, who very rarely speaks publicly, said last week uh, that it's reasonable to think that he might leave. Um, and, and some people have seen that and taken that, according to David Ornstein, as an admission uh, that the 23-year-old will be moving on in January. Um that interpretation, according to David Ornstein, is accurate with interest in Felix from several top clubs. Some of the Premier League sides have been led to believe the Portugal forward could even be available on loan, albeit with a sizable fee and salary. Others, though, think a permanent transfer is more realistic for a player who obviously joined Atletico back in 2019 for 126 million euros. He's still contracted as well until 2026. So, this is not a desperate situation for Atletico in that sense, but it is a desperate situation for them uh, in the sense of he's fallen out with Diego Simeone. He doesn't agree with the way that Diego Simeone sets the team up. He doesn't like the negative approach. He doesn't like the role that he's being asked to do. He's made that clear. Diego Simeone has made it clear, well, it's my way or the highway. See you later. Um, and, and obviously the chief executive of the club, among others, have, have taken that decision that, you know, given what Simeone's done for Atletico, the level he's taken them to, that it's it's probably best to back their manager. Um, according to uh, this report from David Ornstein, Aston Villa are an option um, for Joao Felix. And, and his agent, who is Jorge Mendes, of course, has been uh, pushing that apparently because he has a strong relationship with the Villa owner, uh, having done the deal for Unai Emery 
to be appointed as manager. However, some, according to Ornstein, who work in top-level recruitment, however, think Felix may be better suited to Arsenal given the stylistic fit and their potential need for attacking reinforcements after Gabriel Jesus underwent knee surgery. This shouldn't be a competition, right? This shouldn't be an issue. If Arsenal want João Felix, they should be able to go out there and get him. If Arsenal feel that João Felix adds to their, their attack in the right way, if they feel that he ticks all the right boxes, if they feel that he is the player they want and he's the player that they can afford, I wouldn't worry in the slightest about Aston Villa. I wouldn't worry about George Mendes. I wouldn't worry about uh, Unai Emery's influence in this. I don't think Unai Emery is the most inspiring coach. If you're asking me, Aston Villa are not a club that, you know, are are fighting at the top of the Premier League. They're not a club that are likely to play European football next season. There's a multitude of reasons why you'd pick Arsenal over Aston Villa. We're bigger, we're better, we're stronger, we're closer to the top of the table. We are top of the table. We're closer to challenging for the big things. And the project at Arsenal is really, really exciting. So if João Felix is wanted by Arsenal, this is one that I think we could do. And I've said this all along and I've, I've had pelters for it. But just like we discussed with Mikhailo Mudrik earlier on, if the money's right, you know, then then you should try and do it, but only if the money's right. And, you know, with Mudrik, I think the money being around about 40, 45 million is right. João Felix, I'd be happy to whack on a bit more. But I still think that despite what Atletico are saying publicly, they would accept a much lesser offer than the ones uh, that are being discussed and the ones, uh, the prices, I beg your pardon, that are being put out into the public domain. So let's see. Let's see how that goes. Uh, another player that is mentioned um, and linked with Arsenal yet again um, in the uh, in the uh, David Ornstein column is uh, Matthias Cunha, um, another Atletico Madrid player, of course. Uh, the early favourites were Wolverhampton Wanderers. Uh, they started early dialogue uh, with the player. Um, They've been uh, inquiring about a number of other players as well at Atletico Madrid, Julian Lopetegui, trying to get his feet under the table, trying to, uh, you know, build a squad and build a team that that he feels is is in his image and feels will be competitive uh, and help him achieve the things that he wants to achieve. But, um, you know, it's it, it's an interesting one. Again, the, the report suggests and claims that Arsenal would only be interested in this if the Gabriel Jesus, it doesn't say this, but it suggests that it's, one that would be purely based on Jesus and what his situation and the outlook of that looks like. Because if Jesus is going to be out for a couple of months and we're going to get him back sooner rather than later, then I don't think Arsenal move for Mateus Cunha. I don't think they do that anymore. I don't think they panic and bring players in just to tick boxes and just to fill uh, short to medium term holes. I think if this was a really serious injury that was going to keep Gabby Jesus out for far longer than we're currently expecting, then that's a totally different story. But at this stage, I'm not really uh, too big on this one. I don't think that this is one that Arsenal are the front runners for. Um, and obviously, uh, Wolves are willing to pay him an incredible wage uh, based on these reports, which obviously uh, would be, uh, you know, a, a massive uh, temptation, wouldn't it? Aside from uh, his respect, as reported for Julian Lopetegui. Um, the uh, the Wolverhampton Wanderers coach. So those are the three stories that we wanted to discuss uh, today. Uh, Mikhailo Mudrik is Arsenal's number one priority. If you're just joining us, 
according to David Ornstein, who believes that the club could get this deal done for significantly less than what Shakhtar are asking for publicly. Uh, we also talked Joao Felix, who uh, is said to be uh, a good fit for Arsenal, according to some right at the top of football recruitment. And with Aston Villa being an option uh, for the player, given his agent is trying to push that. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bills so I don't dread April every year, producing a balanced budget, not just for football, and saving on travel because spending less on airfares means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. I feel like for Arsenal, um, you know, this is one that if we really wanted it, there's no reason why we couldn't hijack it. João Felix would never pick Aston Villa over Arsenal. And that's with all due respect to Aston Villa. It's just not the way it works. Um, yes, they've got money. Yes, they're a big football club. Yes, they're trying to build an exciting project. And hence why they went out and brought Unai Emery into the club. But for me, it, it's, it's nowhere near as attractive a, a project. It's nowhere near... Um, you know, as attractive a prospect. I always think with projects, right, you don't want to join them right at the beginning. You don't want to join them, uh, you know, from the outset. What you want to do is see how they develop, see how they go. And then once you've seen a little bit of evidence to suggest that this project is one that can thrive, then you go. You know, especially when you're a player like Joao Felix, who's, who's sought after, who's playing at one of European football's top clubs, who's, who's you know, who's gone on one move already for a 120 plus million euros you know he'll feel that you know taking a massive gamble like Villa is, is probably a little bit above him and I'm surprised to read that um you know his agent is uh is trying to work on this no wait I'm not surprised to hear that George Mendes is trying to do a deal that suits him but I am surprised I would be surprised if Jao Felix would entertain that because I just don't think uh that's his level I think he's a level above that I think he's been good at the Euro uh, the World Cup I beg your pardon 
And I think he'd be a good addition to Arsenal. Again, a bit like Mudrik, if the price is right. And when I say that about Mudrik, I say that because what I don't want is Arsenal to go and spend 70 million on it. I, I don't think that would be right. I don't think that would be reflective of his quality. I don't think that would be a responsible use of money. Um, and if that was to then hamstring us later on, I would be unsure. But let's see. Let's see. See how we go. Uh, with these. But look, there's lots of rumours doing the rounds at the moment. The club football talk is heating up again and, and it'll be back uh, before you know it. You know, what is it now? We got how many days have we got? Uh, we've got 14 days, I think. Yeah, 14 days until the Premier League returns. Obviously, Arsenal in action tomorrow against Milan in the Dubai Super Cup. You know, that prestigious competition we were talking about uh, earlier in the week. We will be doing a live watch along for that one, just as we did uh, for the game against Leon, I really, really enjoyed that. So um, come over and join me for that as well. It's a two o'clock kickoff, so we'll get going about 20 to two, um, somewhere around there, give or take a few minutes. Uh, we'll run you through the lineups. We'll discuss uh, the day's stories. We'll take you through the game, of course. And then post-game, uh, we'll do a post-match show so that we can um, bring those who didn't get to see it uh, up to speed with what happened and we'll discuss the takeaways of course from that game as well okay look let's take some of your questions some of your thoughts uh, got around about nine ten minutes left of today's show so please do get involved in the comments uh, let me know your thoughts on the stories discussed mudrick is he the one would you stretch that little bit extra for joao felix is Mateus cunha an option for you um what do you expect arsenal to do in the january transfer window which is just you know, three or so weeks away from opening. Uh, let us know. I'm interested to hear from you guys as well. Um, okay, uh, get involved in there. And while I wait for you to send in uh, some of your questions and share some of your thoughts, I just want to quickly check where we're at. In terms of likes, uh, we've got, now we're approaching 500 watching, uh, which is amazing, but we've only got 115 likes on the board. Guys, please, I'm begging you. <laughs> Do I really want to beg you? Uh, anyway, I want you to get me up to at least uh, 250 likes, please. It really, really does help. And we're within 200 subscribers now of that 25,000 mark. So please, please, please do get involved. Um, what else was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Um, England, right? I know we talked about it the other day. Um, but, you know, I did a video yesterday. I did a podcast yesterday where I spoke about... Um, I spoke about England in detail and I spoke about the defeat at the hands of France and I talked about the expectation around England being too high. I got absolutely battered in the comments and I had loads of people messaging me, uh, telling me I'm this and that and calling me all sorts. Do you know what? In future, I just won't talk about England. I don't give a shit enough uh, to deal with uh, the nonsense that comes with it. But it just goes to show for me one of the big reasons why England and everything they do is surrounded with such toxicity because the way people react to anybody suggesting that maybe England aren't as good as people think they are, or that maybe a nation that hasn't won anything since 1966 needs to just wind it down a little bit and stop being so over expectant. Anyone who says anything along those lines gets attacked and it's mad. It's nuts. Um, you know, England are much more likable than they've ever been during my lifetime. Um, you know, I, I do like Gareth Southgate. I like a lot of the players that are in the side. But at the same time, you know, there are areas in that team that are weaker than those of other nations. And you've got to accept that and you've got to be fair about that. 
Just like I was fair about Unai Emery, I got battered for that, but I was right in the end. Um, you know, I get battered for saying a lot of things, but in the end, um, when I'm proven right, especially, uh, you know, it, it, it just goes to show that all the nonsense that comes your way is, is completely unnecessary and unjustified. Um, there is another story uh, that is linking to Arsenal or linked to Arsenal in that David Ornstein column, uh, which someone pointed out in the chat and um, you're absolutely right to. So I'll just quickly bring people up to speed with this one as well. And obviously, Arsenal have been heavily linked with the um, Palmeiras midfielder Danilo, uh, who says that he's ready. You know, he says that he's ready to move on uh, from Brazilian football. He says that he's mature enough to be able to play in any competition in the world. Um, and that was with a Brazilian uh, media outlet, UOL Esporte, last month. And that kind of fueled the speculation that he was Premier League bound. But according to David Ornstein today, the 21-year-old who's been, as I say, heavily linked with a move to Arsenal, is not thought to be a target for the Gunners at present. So if you're thinking that we're going to get a midfielder in and you're thinking that it's going to be Danilo, well, this kind of pours cold water on those rumours from uh, David Ornstein. Because as I say, I'll repeat it, he says he is not thought to be a target for Arsenal at present. So, um, yeah, wouldn't hold your breath on that one at this moment in time. OK, let's take some of your thoughts. Let's take some of your questions then from the live chat box. Um, Really looking forward to getting into this part of the show. It's my favourite part of the show. Um, Arsenal Nexus said, Harry, as we've just mentioned, David Ornstein said, we're not interested in Danilo. Your thoughts? I mean, I like the look of Danilo based on what I'd seen of him and, and based on the, the limited research that I'd done. And so it would have been a move that I would have looked at and gone, yeah, you know what? I'm curious to see how this goes. Let's do it. You know, let's make it happen. Let's, let's see how it, how it goes. If Arsenal... I'm very much at the point, mate, where if Arsenal like a player, I have enough faith in the club and their current setup and, and Edu and Arteta and, and everybody else involved based on the progress that we've made over the last couple of years. I have that much faith in them that even if I don't know much about a player and even if I'm not sure about a player myself, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. That doesn't mean I won't have opinions on players. I thought Danilo, from a profile perspective, looked good, looked right. Um, but obviously, for some reason, maybe it's to do with Palmeiras' asking price. I don't know. Maybe it's to do with all the complications that come uh, with bringing a young player over from Brazil. I don't, I don't know. But is it one that I'm going to sit there and lose sleep over? No, it's not. You know, like I was dead set on, on Dusan Vlavic. I really wanted Arsenal to sign him at the time. And when it became apparent that that wasn't going to happen, I was disappointed. But do I feel like this with Danilo? No, um, I don't. So... Yeah, um, that that's kind of my thought. You know, I trust them if they think he's the right man. And I also trust them if, if they don't think he is either. Um, Tailwood Studio says, any idea how much we're allowed to spend before we start getting bagged for breaching FFP? I don't know the specifics of it, mate. I don't know the ins and outs of it. I don't know exactly how much it is that Arsenal can spend. But what I do know is that they've restructured a lot of debt over the last few years, which has put some of their outgoings down. Um, and that obviously helps in balancing the books. What I also know as well, and, and sorry to put it this way, but FFP is a load of shit uh, that multiple clubs have found ways of evading for years. And and I expect that given the size of our football club and the resources we have in terms of legal representation and legal advice and, and all of that and, and finance people, I think Arsenal should be able to dance around it just like everybody else has. So I'm not massively scared about FFP, to be fair. And I think that, you know, Arsenal 
as I say, reported that loss, didn't they, recently of about £45 million. You get back into UEFA competition as we have this season and that puts itself right. So I'm not worried about Arsenal's financial state, to be honest with you. Um, not really. Um, not at all. Uh, but yeah, it, it's a good point. You're right. You know, we have put out a lot of money. Um, you know, obviously we've brought in money commercially and uh, and we're trying to improve in other aspects of the way the football club is run as well. And hopefully that will help. But we do need to start selling players at much bigger profit margins than we have, because that's a real problem for us uh, at this moment in time. Uh, Jabulani says, if it's £70 million for either Mudrik or Zhao, why do you think some people lean more towards Mudrik? I've got no idea. Um, for me, if if it was a straight-up shootout, so you've got £70 million to spend, both clubs, Atletico Madrid for Joao Felix and, and Shakhtar Donetsk for uh, Mikhailo Mudrik are asking for £70 million. I would rather invest that on Joao Felix. I think it's a safer investment. I really, really do. I think it's a much safer investment than on Mikhailo Mudrik. And that's why my limit in terms of what I would spend on him is significantly less. I don't really know where this comes from. Is it because Mudrik is still a bit of an unknown quantity, still got that mystery around what he could be, whereas with Joao Felix, people have seen a lot of him. And maybe people have decided that they don't think he's good enough. I think in the right team, in the right setup, I think he's an incredible player. I think overall he's been really good at the World Cup. Um, you know, and I think he would be a great asset to that Arsenal forward line. And, and Oh, here we go. Can you hear me? Apologies. Yep, I think we're good. The fact that he's more versatile than Mikhailo Modric uh, for a number of reasons, because he can play left, he can play right, etc., etc., um, gives me a lot of confidence that he would be a, a safer bet as well. Okay, uh, let's take a few more of your thoughts. Uh, Tezzy May says, do you think there will be any shock departures in January like there were last year of Bamiang slash Chambers? I think the only players that I could... No, I, I don't think I can. I don't think I can. You know, I... I look at the group that we have now, and I think that for the most part, it's a group that Mikel Arteta wants to keep intact. I think there are a couple of examples, as I mentioned, I think earlier in the week, holding Cedric, players that if the right money were to come in and they were to say, you know, guys, look, I want to get out of here. I think Arsenal would do it. And there's a couple out on loan that maybe Arsenal would consider selling if a January offer came in. They're not with us anyway, as it is, as it stands. Um, but in terms of the group that we have now, I don't think there will be any departures of note. If we do allow some of those fringe players to go, it will be because we feel that we can cope with that and we feel that we can get by maybe out of a bit of loyalty from the club's point of view. You know, maybe they'll look at someone like Rob Holding and say, if an offer were to come in, look, mate, you've been great. You know, you've been uh, a true professional. You've never thrown your toys out of the pram. You've never, you know, been a, a bad apple in the dressing room despite not playing very often, all of those things. And maybe they'll look at that and go, yeah, you know what? If the right move comes and, and he comes to us and says, I want to take it, then then maybe they'll do that. But I don't think they would actively look to trim down what's already um, quite a thin squad. And, and obviously that is a concern for a lot of us. Uh, let's see what else we've got. Um... Zed Tom makes an interesting point. Do you know if Atletico need cover um, as right back? Maybe we can offer Cedric for free to sweeten a potential Felix deal. Um, uh, not that I know of. 
Um, not that I know of. Uh, I don't know that they'll be looking at him. I don't know that they'd be actively, you know, open or willing to, to, you know, consider that as part of any deal that was to be taken to the table. But Cedric would do all right in La Liga. I, ge- I genuinely believe that. I think technically he's sound and I think that's what um, stands out in La Liga. You know, is he the quickest? No. Is he the most dynamic? No. Um, you know, he's just a good right back for me and, and even more so, I would say, uh, in La Liga. Uh, let's see what else we've got. At NASA, just uh, building on the Felix thing, where would Felix fit once Jesus is back? And does that make Mudrik a better option? Well, this is the thing with Joao Felix, because I think he could play as a second striker. You know, if we were to go behind in a game and needed to chase a goal, you could potentially sacrifice one of the midfielders and put him in and push him up alongside the centre forward. I think he can play from the left. I think he can play from the right. I think he could play as a 10. Um, I think there is more to Joao Felix's game overall than there is to Mikhailo Mudrik. So I wouldn't worry about where he fits in from a positional perspective. Um, the, the the thing that I keep hearing and, and the thing that makes me feel like Arsenal uh, are all in on Mudrik is because of, of a couple of comments that were made sort of earlier on in the week, back in the last week, that suggested that Arsenal don't just see Mikhailo Mudrik as a winger, that they've looked and looked at him and, and sort of almost read between the lines and have come to the conclusion that actually this guy could be a very good centre forward as well. Even if it's not from the outset, week in, week out, but uh, he could be a very good centre forward option because of some of his attributes. You know, he's a he's a tall lad, uh, Mikhailo Mudrik. We'll bring up his, um, his profile now. Bear with me a second. Uh, there it is. You don't even have to type his full name. That's how many people are searching for him uh, right now. Hold on. Um... You know, when you think about wingers, you normally think of wingers that are, um, you know, sort of quite small and and quite small in their build. He's five foot eight, uh, Mikhailo Mudrik. It's not the biggest, actually. I'm I'm a bit surprised. I thought he'd be bigger than that uh, when I Googled it. Um, Maybe that, maybe that isn't the right way to look at him then. Maybe that isn't the right way to, um, to think about you know, his, his uh, future. I don't know. I don't know. It's a tough one. But anyway, going back to it, I know that Arsenal think, and, and we've heard that Arsenal think that he is someone that can be moulded into a player that can play in a multitude of positions. And if they think it's worth paying 30 million less for Mudrik and then moulding him, then it is to go out and pay for a Joao Felix, who might not have even been on Arsenal's radar until recently. Because you've got to remember this as well with the Joao Felix thing. This isn't a saga, right? You know, you look at Arsenal over the years, we've been involved in a lot of transfer sagas and Mikhailo Mudrik seems to be the latest one. He's linked to us for ages. Will we get it done? Won't we get it done? Will we make the move? Won't we make the move? Everybody's sitting there training on eggshells, waiting to see if this is going to happen. With Joao Felix, I don't think anybody really believed that he could be available for a reasonable price prior uh, to the chief executive of Atletico Madrid making those comments just days ago. Uh, so, yeah, let's see. You know, let's let's see if Arsenal shift their attention. According to David Unstein, Mudrik is the priority. So it looks as though they haven't. And in a way, although I'd be interested in the Joao Felix deal and, and it's one that if I were in charge of Arsenal, I'd probably do. The fact that Arsenal, again, look as though they're not going to pivot away from what they believe and what they've studied and, and what they've prepared for in favour of a knee-jerk decision. It's a good thing, isn't it? Really. Uh, Really. But yeah, 
anyway okay uh i think we're gonna leave it there guys i think we're gonna leave it there uh, a couple of you asking about emil smith row back in training uh which is great news and hopefully he'll be back and available when the premier league uh, returns uh so yeah let's see uh let's see how that goes and and you know if he comes back that's another uh, another option that can play from the wing that can play through the middle it's again about versatility and that is so 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 important Right, we will leave it there and I will speak to you all very, very soon. Uh, catch you all tomorrow for our live watch along of Arsenal versus AC Milan. And of course, we'll be bringing you a post-match review show to follow. So make sure you subscribe, make sure you check it out. Uh, love doing the watch alongs, love having you guys' company. Don't get to do them very often. So when the friendlies come along where people are kind of sitting there and, you know, just taking them in sort of a little bit more casually, that gives us a great opportunity to do that and have lots of different conversations. So uh, as I say, thank you all so much and I will see you all soon. Until next time, goodbye. I'm Martin Tyler and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.